Welcome to the Tim Price Christian Life and Leadership Podcast. This podcast comes out mostly about every other Tuesday for the purpose of encouraging the church, church leaders, pastors, staff, and Christians. And I hope that uh, if you're listening today, this might be helpful to you. We're talking about things that leaders can do to make life better. And when they do, everyone around them also wins. We're thankful you've connected here with the Tim Price Christian Life and Leadership Podcast. Our hope is to help church ministry leaders and Christians in general stay focused on the things that matter in life. We know there are a lot of podcasts you could be listening to, but you're here and we're grateful. If you have any questions, please reach out through email at timpriceblog.com slash podcast. Now on to today's show. I may have heard this somewhere along the way. I know that Craig Grishel often says this on his podcast, but I actually heard this phrase and wrote a blog post a long, long time ago that had this, everyone wins when the leader gets better. And I must have read it somewhere or heard it somewhere. I don't think it's my own for sure. But it is true that as a leader grows, the people in your organization and around you grow. As a parent grows in faith and in discipline and in, in leadership, the whole home is changed. It's a ripple effect. You can't help it. And it also happens in reverse. So the leader needs to be the one who is taking on the mantle of growing. And as you model that and as you experience the fruit of discipline and growth in your life, then things are going to change. There's nothing wrong with the leader growing, improving, and maturing. In fact, the first step to doing that is realizing that there's room to grow and room to mature and room to improve. I like Luke 2.52 that states, Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with both God and man. Even Jesus, who was God in the flesh, grew. He learned, he accelerated, and people around him responded. So when you grow, you are making a difference in your own life for sure, but also in the lives of people around you. So I want to share just a few things here to motivate us to be thinking about growing as leaders. And let me just add here that leaders can mean the pastor of a church or a church staff ministry leader role, such as a worship leader or a student ministry leader or a children's pastor, small group leader or whatever. It also is for the people who lead within the church. The church is a volunteer organization, and no matter what size the church is, small or large, rural or metro, there have to be people in the church who are taking the helm, who are leading others, volunteer leading other volunteers to be a witness, to plan, to organize, to be passionate about reaching the community. So there are multiple leaders in a church. And then there are leaders in other ways leaders in your workplace or leaders in your own home. So we all, in a sense, are leading someone. And as we make our lives improved or growing or maturing or learning a new thing, it's going to make a difference in those around us. So here are the reasons for growth. It helps us become more effective and productive. I'm going to rattle off several things here. And if you get lost in this podcast, feel free to check out the blog post when this was recorded, and uh, the blog post is just called Everyone Wins When the Leader Gets Better. But reasons for growth. Growth helps us become more effective and productive. And this truly may be behind the scenes. I don't think you have to get on social media and announce that you are now going to start growing and becoming more effective and productive. 
But there are ways for leaders to maximize their days, to learn new tricks, to learn new tech hacks for organizing their calendar and their time and their flow, automating, delegating, streamlining, any word that you could throw out there that's the new word for being effective and efficient. You have to grow in those things so that you have time to do the important things. Your time must be focused on what you're called to do. Growth gives us insight into those around us. The better a leader can work with their team, the better everyone will be. Leaders must continually grow in the area of connecting and communicating and caring for those around him or her. And I know this sounds like we're piling it on, but if you take this example, instead of doing several one-task things separately from each other, what if you were able to batch all errands into one hour and a half block on a certain day of the week, instead of taking three to four hours, separating them out throughout the week? Well, that opens up two hours of space in your life that you can either rejuvenate or send a note or care for someone or intentionally meet somebody for coffee who is part of your life or in your team. And it really does open up space to give us insights into those around us. And then another reason for growth is that it helps us to manage and lead better. It's not always easy to make tough decisions or set the pace or determine the best direction for the people that you are leading, your home, your church, your organization, your ministry. But growing your skills and knowledge will aid you in the process of managing and leading more effectively. So those are some reasons for growth. Here are some barriers. This is the part we can all sort of latch on to easily, understandably, and point to places in our lives where we see this happening. The barriers to growth in our lives are that, number one, growth takes time. There may be a handful of shortcuts for certain aspects of this, but no matter what, if you want to grow, it's going to take some extra time. So you're going to have to find some time to do that. You're going to have to carve it out. It doesn't find you. You don't just accidentally stumble upon growth. You don't just hang out some morning watching TV and all of a sudden you've grown. You're going to have to mark this down as an intentional aspect to your life and your calendar. I remember when I first started thinking of this, and I'm in no way saying that I'm the guy who is all set up as the... Um, uh, come together leader and has it all ready. But I have noticed growth in my life because of some intentional things that I have done over the last several years. And I've said many of those in the podcast before in different ways, but some of those simple things have been that I added a to-do list checklist style morning routine to my phone. It pops up every day. It reminds me of prayer things I want to pray for. I have a prayer list that I check off. I have a list of declarations that I want to say, a list of scriptures that I want to read and a uh, kind of a reminder of my purpose and mission in life. In fact, I created a, um, from, from reading a book one time, I created a mission, personal mission statement template. You can get that free on the blog. And each of those things, I say that most every day. And in fact, because I wake up early in the morning, and that's another thing that I kind of put into place. I used to wake up early anyway, but I'd fritter away the time until the day started. And now I wake up early and I invest that time. Uh, most all the blog posts I've written, most all the podcasts that I've put together have been before 7.30 a.m. And in the old days, I realized nobody else in my family was getting up. So I couldn't even really speak out loud declarations or scriptures or prayers. I had to kind of do it internally and quietly. And so I know everybody has their own little hack for what works. But what worked for me was to record my own voice 
saying what I wanted to remind myself of, the kinds of things that I wanted to be and do and, and live into, the kind of faith I wanted to have in Christ and, and the kind of encouragement I needed to hear in the morning. And I hope this doesn't sound too goofy, but I recorded that, put it on a little YouTube video, private setting so nobody can hear it. And many mornings when I'm taking a walk or riding on the exercise bike, I listen to my own voice saying those things that I want to say out loud. And so that's been like a, a fix, a workaround for not being able just to stand in a room and, and talk loudly while everybody is still sleeping. It does take time and there's no shortcut. Of course, I already mentioned there could be a little shaved off here and there shortcuts that you can pull off and make it happen, but it's going to take a little extra time no matter which way you cut it. Number two barrier to growth is that it requires energy and discipline. And I think I probably just described a little bit of that, but I think it's one of the reasons that leaders are often early risers. And it's because it requires that kind of discipline to um, begin to engage your day, to kick it off in a way that's going to make a difference. I love the book, Win the Day by Mark Batterson. It made a big impact on me. Another book that made a big impact on me was Digital Minimalism. And just the idea that we just, even now, even after reading the book and trying to put things in habit in place for digital stuff, I'm in front of a screen many, many hours, probably much like you. Every Sunday, my iPhone pops up with the, the amount of time I was in front of the screen daily on my tiny little device. And I'm appalled by that number almost every week. And I'm always thankful when it goes down from last week. But still, three or four hours a day, I'm spending looking at this phone, working on it, doing emails or calls or whatever the case might be. Well, number three, barriers to growth. Growth is going to cost you. In addition to time, growth is probably going to cost something. We have to pay something to grow. Some of those things we pay are actually money costs. Like it may cost you a little bit to buy a book or subscribe to Audible so that you can listen to books or to hire a coach or to hire a mentor or to attend a conference or a growth event. And all those things I mentioned, I have done at one time or another. It's going to cost a little bit of investment. Some things I've invested in and they haven't proved to be, you know, the big knockdown drag out thing, the end all be all. But each of those have stacked up together to allow me to have opportunities and moments to be inspired and encouraged to grow and grow as a leader. And it may cost you, we already mentioned time, may cost discipline and energy. We know that, but it's also going to cost us some money and it's going to cost us some rearranging of priorities. You may not be able to sit around and just watch movies every night if you're going to get up early and make it happen. That's a cost to some people. And so you want to make sure that you are counting those costs and weighing it out. Of course, there's still time for Sabbath and for rest and for rejuvenation and enjoyment. You don't want to live your life like a machine. We weren't meant to do that. We were meant to have time to relax and to build relationships and be around people. And for sure, every seven days, take some time to rejuvenate for the week, just like God modeled and called us to do in the Ten Commandments. But as a side note, we don't really have a TV in our house. We don't sit around and spend time watching TV shows. There isn't a TV in our living room. We do have a monitor, a small monitor hooked to a DVD player. And a couple times a year, usually around Christmas, we will sit down and watch a movie on that screen. But for the most part, me and our family, we don't sit in the living room and watch TV during, after, or before dinner. At night, we invest time with other things, taking walks, playing games. And I don't want to make it sound like you have to become like, you know, oddly anti-cultural or anything. That's just 
the way our family grew up and it's just the way it was. But I've noticed that when people talk about having time to improve skill or to grow in leadership or to meet with people or to build relationships, I think people feel overwhelmed by that, but they haven't calculated in the fact that they are investing quite a bit of time watching TV. I realize on a side note here that um, that's a different story these days than it used to be. If you have a phone, you have a TV. If you have an iPad, you have movies to watch. And, and our family you know, does that here and there and all those different things. But it has to be intentional. You can't just plop down and see what's on type mindset. That's one small, tiny little potential cost that creates a barrier to growth. So we've rattled off all that. And if you're still with me, here are some ways to grow as a leader. Five overarching categories for leaders to use to grow. Number one, habits. I love habits. I've read a lot of books about habits. I've cultivated habits that I, I do for like morning routine stuff, and I've just always loved it. And even if you know I oversleep or something goes wrong in my schedule, I don't you know beat myself up. I sort of just say, well, try again tomorrow. But um, there are some things that happen every single day, and if they don't happen, I realize that um, I either had too much going on the day before, or something went wrong, and it kind of like throws me off for a moment. And so some of those little habits are that I make sure all my stuff's set out for the morning. Everything's in its place. Everything's ready so I can grab my hat and my shorts and my shoes and socks and my Fitbit and my phone and my headphones, and I can exercise, take a walk, do the things I need to do right off the bat. And the model for this really is that Jesus had habits that were effective in building his disciples. Jesus was never hurried, but he was always on time and always had time for the things that mattered the most. He got up early and had times of quiet. He spent days on his own. He had the habit of Sabbath rest and of being in the synagogue. And we must develop habits like that if we're going to grow as leaders. Here are some of the habits that are important. Reading, learning, disciplines of prayer, and being involved in scripture. The habit of preparation, the habit of scheduling, taking care of our physical and spiritual lives, all are in some way supported by one way or another with our habits. And so if I just took a couple of these, one of them is preparation. I have always in some ways prided myself on the fact that maybe I don't prepare a lot. I kind of, for whatever reason, really kind of become creative when I'm under the gun. If I can set my own deadlines and really believe it, I can be creative in advance. And that often happens as well. And I praise the Lord for the times when it works. But more often than not, two or three days before an event that I'm in charge of, something will hit me that I will think, I have to do this. It's going to be hard to pull this off in short notice, but I have to do it. And many times the Lord will use that and those things will be passionate and new, creative, and, um, and, will, and will, will be a big hit for connecting with people and helping people to encounter Christ. But here's something I learned about preparation two little things that changed some of my thinking and stuck with me. One is about sleep. Many people have the misunderstanding that sleep is because you're worn out from the day and you just have to fall into bed at 11 o'clock and just sleep because you're exhausted. But I read a book somewhere along the way that flipped that on its head and said, no, what you want to do is sleep in preparation for the following day. And that one little statement caused me to want to make sure I had a good discipline of going to sleep at the right time, having the kind of routine that 
just allowed me to know that it was about time for bed and then I could lay down, shut off the light and fall asleep and sleep for a good solid seven and a half, eight hours and get up around 4.30 or 5. And that little twist in my mind of sleeping in preparation for the next day has really helped me and changed my heart and life toward that discipline. Another tidbit that really changed me in terms of preparation was the idea that too often we count on our gifts to get us through and we don't develop them. So let me give you an example. If I am able to play guitar and sing songs without a whole lot of practice because they're just in me and they're ingrained in there and I just have them in my head and heart, there's a good chance that I might spend all my time leading up to an event where I'm supposed to lead songs in doing things that aren't in my bailiwick and they're not in my wheelhouse. They are things that I have to work hard on, like creating graphics or putting together information or getting all the details together and logistics and planning and people. And I might spend 35 of my hours doing that. And then the last couple moments throw together the songs. And I learned somewhere a long time ago, even though I'm still at times find myself in that same situation. The phrase I heard that kind of helped me begin to move out of that was, you don't want to sacrifice the giftedness you have and let it become dormant, stale, and autopilot because you're spending all this time doing things that you're not able to do that well. As much as possible, prepare in your area of giftedness. And one other little tidbit here, and I know this podcast might be getting long, but I hope it's helpful to you. Uh, reading. I was challenged 10 years ago now by a, a mentor who I signed up with to do a nine month kind of a cohort class thing. Um, and he just assigned us books. And in the process of assigning us books to read and reflect on and write about and talk about, he just kind of on the side mentioned that he tries to read at least a book a week, if not more. And I remember thinking to myself, how in the world does anybody read a book a week? Well, lo and behold, uh, the discipline kind of caught on in my life. It had been a while since I had been in school and then in seminary. And so I guess uh, enough time had passed that I was willing to, I guess, stick my neck out and, and read a book again. But during that cohort, I read all the books assigned, loved reading it. And really that's what kind of kicked off the writing in timpriceblog.com was the things I was learning and the things I wanted to remember. So every year since then, I have posted the 20 books that I have read and written a little post about. Often I've read more because my goal is usually to read about five books a month, which turns out to be 60 books a year. And so sometimes I hit it, sometimes I don't, but the goal is to um, make sure that I'm continually reading. So those are some of the habits. Number two overarching goal, questions. One of the best ways to grow as a leader is to take on a learning posture. You want to ask questions and listen and learn. You don't feel like you have to have all the answers. You want to be a learner. And Jesus models really mastering the art of asking questions. He asks questions to teach, to help people grasp a hold of the truth, to help people figure out what uh, theology really is. He asked, does anyone condemn you to the woman who was caught in adultery? He asked his disciples, who do you say I am? All these different things that he would ask so that people could catch on. Leaders ask questions. Great doctors ask a lot of questions. Great coaches ask a lot of questions. And when we do that, we not only learn, we help others around us learn. They grow. They grasp a hold of what the truth is. 
Number three overarching categories to grow as a leader, challenge. Pinpoint your current challenge. And as you are learning and growing and working through it, then you are able to come out on the other side with answers, with success, with hope, with some sort of story, even if you fail. If you don't have a challenge, you are probably not growing. And so you want to pinpoint the challenge in your life so that you can keep growing and getting on the other side of those challenges. Number four is vision. Your vision for the outcome of your leadership will help you grow as a leader. If you are the parent of young children, your vision for your kids is to be successful, faithful, well-rounded, and it will help you to know what kind of parent you need to be. And of course, I could talk about this a long time, but it's important for parents to have a vision for their children to be faithfully following Christ, to be in church and in worship along with the family, to be a part of ministry together with the family. There's no silver bullet to raise a kid who's going to follow Christ, but there is a promise in Scripture that as we raise them up as they are young, then they will grow and begin to understand the truth for themselves, Proverbs 22, 6. And so it's important for us to uh, have that kind of vision in parenting just as it is in every other aspect of life. We want to have a vision of our lives being whole and faithful and disciplined. Have a vision of yourself making sure that you are eating foods that are good and not foods that kill and, and exercising and all the other little things that so many people want to put into place. If it was easy, everybody would do it type stuff. But we want to do those things. And that starts with a vision of how we want our life to be. Financially, relationally, spiritually, you want those kind of goals and visions written down ready to be read and, and thought about and prayed over and worked toward. And that's going to help you grow as a leader. And then number five of these areas, overarching categories to grow as a leader. Number five is action. Growth requires action. If you're going to exercise, you've got to put on your tennis shoes. If you are going to become a writer, you have to set up your laptop and type away for an hour every day. If you want to learn from somebody, you're going to have to take a moment to make a phone call, send an email or send a text to invite somebody to sit down with you and learn from them. Or if you're going to attend a conference, you got to put it on your calendar. If you're going to um, become an artist, you got to buy a couple paintbrushes, anything you can think of. If you're going to do it, it's going to require action. So leaders grow through this in some way. And if you feel like you are in motion, but you're not going anywhere, you might feel like you have a lot of action, but you're spinning your wheels. You need to funnel your actions toward your goal. And as you do that, it is going to bring about the essential things that help you grow. So I know that's a lot. In fact, I've been sitting here talking for about 20 minutes now. But if you consider yourself a leader, you must grow. And as you do, everyone around you wins. Well, I'd love for you to take a minute to um, read the blog post at timpriceblog.com. You can find it. Go in there simply, and uh, if you're listening to this podcast around the time that I record it and release it, then you will be able to find it easily on the front page of the blog post. If not, you can just search it. Everyone wins when the leader gets better. Sometimes that's just a motivation for me to know that if I want my ministry, church, people I'm around, my family to be better, I want to make sure that I am growing. Well, I want to add one more thing here as we wind down, and that is that if you have listened this far and you are needing somebody to talk to, some kind of conversation about being stuck, feeling like you're not sure what step to take next. Um, you don't want to get yourself in a point where you're 
stressing out about what you're not doing. You want to do what you're doing. You want to do it well. But I'd be happy to talk. I've got time uh, set aside that if somebody listening to this podcast needs somebody to talk with, you can reach out to me on timpriceblog.com. You can go to the coaching page slash coaching on the website there, and um, we can just visit. It doesn't have to be a long, drawn-out process. Sometimes just an extra set of eyes or ears just for a moment. Even one or two conversations can make a big difference. And so you're welcome to do that if, if you feel led. Well, thanks again for listening, being a part of our community. And I uh, would love for you to follow the Tim Price blog Facebook page. Some of the things we put out there are just encouragement for Christians, leaders, pastors, and ministry leaders, and not necessarily always lining up with the podcast here, but just stuff for fun. And would love for you to connect there as well. So until next time, praying for you and um, trust that you are going to be looking to grow as a leader. Thanks. Thank you.